acronym for fear of missing out. Maybe you've seen it on one of your devices. Remember that our kids, too, are inundated with an infinite buffet of entertainment, information, and relational opportunities every day by virtue of the digital age in which we live. Yet this is arguably the most unsatisfied, unhappy, and ungrateful generation in history. But we can help our kids by showing them that more isn't always better. So help them choose and set limits on the number of activities, digital or otherwise, they'll pursue this year. Assure them that it's okay, in fact impossible, to know, be, and do everything, everywhere, with everyone, all the time. Catch Trace on our weekly half-hour podcast at LicensedToParent.org. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. Another year, another list of resolutions. Maybe being a more faithful follower of God is on your list. Well, even with the best intentions, that's a pretty tall order. But Billy Graham knew it is possible with God's help. A true Christian is a person who has made a change in his life. And that's done by the Holy Spirit. The moment you receive Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live in your heart. You become a new person. And he's the one that does it. God says people change by the renewing of their minds. You see, you act the way you believe. Yes, a true believer is one in whom a change has taken place. Has a change taken place in your life? If you're ready to make that change, we can help. Go to findpeacewithgod.net. Then click on the tab that says grow in your Christian faith. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good buddy Doug McCary coming to you Monday on January 29th. And uh, we are glad you have tuned in today. SWAT Radio stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. We're going to be advancing God's truth this week as you tune in. We are so glad to have you. If you want to call this afternoon, number is always open, 844-777-7928. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com and uh, love to hear from you. If you have any comments or questions, just shoot us an email. We'll try and address those here on the air and uh, Doug, how was your weekend, brother? It was good. I got to see you. I know, last man. Night. That it was, was awesome. A, yeah, it was a it was a good meeting and uh, just a, a a little gathering of some uh, SWAT guys and their wives, and it was just really uh, a, a good little small group meeting we had, and really uh, good. And um, I'm I'm very grateful for y'all's friendship <clears throat> sweet sweet fellowship yeah just being know? able to do that i was just with don out uh out and about don novak and uh he's in that group and i'm just so grateful so uh a lot of good guys and you know small group is one of those things or having a small group is one of those things that I tell everybody it's kind of like bowling. At first, you know, you don't want to go, but then you get there and you go, "Man, I really enjoyed that." You <laughs> that know? is a great analogy. Isn't that, isn't that true? Yeah. Oh, you know, <clears throat> uh, because you our our schedules have so many things that compete for time, mm-hmm. and 
but the reality is we all need that. And in fact, those small groups are a lot more reminiscent of what a first century church looked like than yeah, our exactly. big gathering. Yeah, right? I totally agree. <clears throat> well, in fact, I, I was honest in sharing that that has been a struggle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I'd love to say it's just been in the last few years, but um, at least for me and for Vic, I mean, I have those friendships. I think... We chatted about this last week. I'm so thankful for the number of men who are in my life. Um, but I think as a couple, it's important that we have friends, that we have uh, fellowship with other couples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so glad glad to be a part of that. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to go uh, spend some time with one of our SWAT brothers, Tim Pardue, this evening. He's invited me to come meet with some of the guys he meets with mm-hmm. at his church so i know <clears throat> i know this idea of fellowship is uh not exclusive to uh your church or my church but churches throughout the area and we should be gathering together and encouraging one another toward love and good deeds right yes <clears throat> that's exactly right well um you know uh, i don't know if you do you still look at the the Denison forum at all? You know, I don't. And you brought it up a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, man, I need to get back into listening. It, to the it's Dennis. good because I, he I just have, puts you know. a little a little blurb. He he tries to put some things out there. Uh, by the way, he he did mention the Chiefs. I was disappointed that the Chiefs are there. Uh, <laughs> I wanted Baltimore to win. I was hoping I it would too. be a hardball hardball moment, right? But I have to say that. Uh, I'm so happy for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I shared with you before. I was doing the chapel for the Carolina Panthers years ago when they played the Jaguars when he was there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was his first year. I almost year. forgot he was there. Yeah, you first know? year, second year. I don't yeah. remember. But at my chapel, which was only about 20, 25 minutes, he took three pages of notes. And I was really? taken back by that. Like I was like, wow. Like, and so afterwards he came up and we conversed and, um, and, and just was really, really encouraged at how, um, how much he was seeking the Lord at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he's gone on and now he's out in San Francisco and I'm sure they have a chaplain out there. Uh, but I, I, I was just happy to see him do so well. Cause I, I remembered he was just so hungry to know, uh, know Jesus and to know what he wanted him to do and how that would be played out in the NFL. And you remember when he went out to San Francisco, everybody said it was a terrible move for them. Mm. And if you watched any of the game, yeah. uh, he did amazing. Yeah. And he's been an amazing guy. So uh, I just prayed that he continues to have the same tenacity for Jesus that he has for football and pray that he would use that platform to to encourage people to be in the word. Amen. <clears throat> I didn't watch uh, five downs of that game, um, <laughs> but I'm happy for my son-in-law, both my, two of my son-in-laws who are both big 49ers fan. I know Brock Purdy, he's a believer, if I recall. Yeah. In fact, I think they interviewed him afterwards, and first thing he said is, I want to give glory to God. Yeah, he had a pretty amazing game, too. Uh, so, but, you know, Christian uh, McCaffrey's dad played in the nfl and i don't 
think uh, they're believers. At least I don't think his dad was, um, you know, and so um, I just, um, you know, I know that um, he, he talks about uh, the importance of faith in his life. Like, I, you know, he did say that it, it, he prays all the time. Um, and um, he, he made this statement. He said this was not too long ago. He said, when you have a bunch of people chanting your name, it's important that you always give the honor and the glory back to God. He's the one allowing me to do all this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, pray for him if you're out there. Just pray that he would continue to do that. Um, uh, he, he, he just talks about turning to God and surrendering. You're not as in control as much as you think you are. And he goes, that's a gift. So, again, uh, that's Christian McCaffrey. And, um, you know, he, he says, or they said after every score, He'll beat his chest five times and then point to the sky. Uh, and he goes, every time I'm going to do that and I'm going to point up just to remind me of who's given me the gifts, who's given me the talent. He said, I started doing that my sophomore season because all praise goes to him. And uh, I just, every touchdown I score, I give it up to Where him. Where did he go to college? I'm trying to remember. Uh, you know, um, I I'm not sure to be honest with you Lori and i were talking about that the other day uh let me see here uh, but he said that purdy and uh guys like charlie warner and uh, warner and uh uh, uh oren burks are solid believers there and um they have a bible study out there so i i'm excited for for them you know and uh there, there was he even played an, for Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. <clears throat> Stanford. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but all that to say, you know, um, it, it, he's has this platform, and I pray that he would use it for the king. And it sounds like he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, well, I didn't realize he's been uh, at the 49ers for that long. I know. Uh, yeah. But the the thing is. When you when when I met him, he was there, right? He was just getting started in the NFL, and he was hungry, and it hmm. stayed with him. and And so uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited he's out there with Purdy. So, um, you know, I just pray that in, through it all, they will continue to glorify God. Because whether you play professional football, whether you're running a business, whether you're, you know. Uh, doesn't matter digging ditches whatever you're doing we should all give god glory right amen now. amen to that i was just noticing in fact i had uh, i think i mentioned this to you last night i had i had uh, my son and his wife and uh, graham and ellie over yesterday after church i had sarah and quinn and the their eight kids over it was a it was a handful we got to talking about that uh, ben and uh, quinn and i got to talking about these Players like McCaffrey, who mm-hmm. come from a family of, you know, successful athletes. His dad obviously played in the NFL. His mother was a was a uh, soccer player for mm-hmm. uh, for Stanford, I believe. And uh, it's just interesting. I was looking at uh, like Nellie Corda. Mm-hmm. Like I need to 
David Gray may be listening. He was mm-hmm. telling me about Nellie Corda yesterday, LPGA. Well, Nellie Corda, she's one of the top, you know, probably top mm-hmm. 10 in the world in women's golf. It's, her sister is a top, you know, 20 player probably. Mm-hmm. Her brother is a, uh, I think, won the Australian Open mm-hmm. in tennis. Her, da- her dad was uh, top 10 in the world in tennis. You know, uh, my kids, uh, despite my inability to uh, perform great athletic skills, uh, I had a couple of them that were good. People always say, hey, where'd, where'd they get that talent? I said, well, not from me. You know, <laughs> well, um, I, you know, I, I want to go back to uh, the Denson, uh, the Denison forum real quick, because he brought up um, something. Yeah, Taylor Swift was in the news, obviously, yesterday because she's dating Travis Kelsey. When isn't she in the news? Yeah, I know. Good uh, but um, last week, um, there were some sexually explicit AI-generated photos of her. In other words, these were not authentic. Right. They were AI-generated, which is very scary because if people desire to do that, like this happened to some high school girls in New Jersey, uh, they can take your face and and using artificial intelligence make it very believable to create something. And the worst part is right now there's no law federally that prevents anybody from Doing that and sharing it, think about it, Brad. They could destroy a career, a marriage, a family with something like that. Wow. And and so, um, you know, this is this is one reason uh, that we should always be uh, developing trust and and uh, and building trust in relationships, so that people will know, okay. Because train wrecks, I call them train wrecks, when you see that, whether it's in ministry or other things, usually give signs, right? You usually see mm-hmm. those signs. Um, but this this whole uh, thing about um, about AI and, and also the uh, fascination with pornography, and there was even an article published um, not too long ago about polyamory you know what that is yeah. uh, this <clears throat> this uh the, the article was a practical guide for curious couples for people that want to have an open marriage and have multiple sexual partners uh, which goes against everything god designed for us but there's a growing mentality in our country that that's just traditional that's old-fashioned and it and it all stems out of the sexual revolution back from the 60s and 70s. And so God says in 1 Corinthians, we should flee sexual immorality. In Hebrews 13, it says, let the marriage bed be undefiled. And, you know, the, the truth is, if you look at marriages and families, those that are from monogamous, long-term monogamous relationships, yeah. they tend to... Uh, they tend to be uh, more healthy, have, you know, yeah. uh, uh, more uh, like emotional connection, more satisfaction emotionally, uh, more stable. <clears throat> um, 
And so... Well, Paul Paul tells us in Colossians 3 to put off sexual immorality, mm-hmm. purity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not allowing God's word to be the defining moral law in your life, then what determines your moral law? Yeah, yeah. What's what's the compass? Our culture, boy, that I'll get you in trouble. That's scary. Glad you tuned in today. We'll take a quick break. Call us at 844-777-7928, and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on him Hell was my destiny The crowd was shy Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. You're always welcome to call in at 844-777-7928. Uh, Doug, that article, I'm, I pulled it up, the Denison Forum. Oh about uh, the Wall Street Journal reported recently that open relationships are having a moment. According to the article, 22% of Americans say they have engaged in consensual non-monogamy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's, it's really, the thing is that uh, when you think about um, 
the the view of our culture as it relates to open relationships and um, sex outside of a monogamous marriage, our cultural our culture has normalized that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, one article that was published in the New York Times again a great bastion of truth there, right? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, they said, I have no moral objection to infidelity for me. Sex is just sex. Well, it's not God's value. That's the world's value. Yeah. And one of the issues that comes uh, out of that, um, that mentality is, well, you know what? I, I can do what I want. You know, um, I'm... I'm not getting my needs met here, and, and God wouldn't want me to suffer that way. That's what people use to rationalize. And these people become victims of Satan's temptation, which goes all the way back to the garden to be their own God, to be their own king. And, um, you know, when you go to movies, and you, I, I remember, well, there's a, there's a movie that came out not too long ago. It was a pretty good movie. And it just normalized a uh, sexual non-marital relationship as normal. I mean, and <clears throat> and, and and that's not it's not biblically normal. That's not God's standard. It's not His value. Now, can He forgive you of that? Of course He can. But that's not His design. His design for was for a man to be married to a woman in a monogamous relationship to reproduce children that make up the base cell of a faith community. Yeah. And um, so uh, as you think about those things in our world, for us uh, communicating to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, those little minds, we can't be afraid to to let them know that sex outside of a monogamous marriage is sinful. It yeah. goes against God's design. Um, Hebrews thirteen four let <clears throat> let marriage be held in honor among all. Yeah, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Mm-hmm. We don't have. There's no shame anymore, Doug. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's almost celebrated that you're out of the closet. Hmm. And I'm not just talking about, you know, homosexual, transgender, it, it, you name it. You're almost, you know, marked a hero mm-hmm. if you do that. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the issue is that when you think about cultures throughout time, most cultures, in fact, the majority of cultures do not die um, from a murder, like somebody coming from the outside, wiping them out. Genocide has happened, but it's very rare. Most of the time, the civilizations die from within, mm-hmm. just like Rome. Yep. yep. And and um, there was a guy named uh, Arnold Toynbee who wrote a, 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 a he wrote a is a twelve volume called a Study of History, uh, you know, book or books, I should say. And he said that um, what happens is these civilizations suffer a division of the soul um, because they believe they're no longer bound by moral law and they stop resisting forces that threaten their world. 
And so what happens is you have chaos. Well, look around. We're not far from that. That's right. You know, when you when you got people just busting into stores, busting into places, doing what they want, they don't care. I'll do what I want to do. Mm. And and it's the same uh, uh, with, you know, they they rape people. They they go and, and you see child trafficking. You see all these these awful things happening. It's this is where it was headed back in the 60s. But it started off as, I just want to be free to be me. And there is no victimless crime in all this stuff. Right. People always yeah. suffer. When you have no moral boundaries, and, and if you don't have moral boundaries, you're going to have chaos. <laughs> and, and the moral boundaries that we have operated on in this country came from Judeo-Christian values. Yeah. Our founding fathers, when they did that, um, in fact, uh, Samuel Adams said, that religion and good morals are the only solid foundation of public liberty and happiness. And when he was talking about religion, he's talking about the Christian faith. Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have that, if you're listening out there and you go, well, I don't really have a Christian faith, then what are you building your life on? Like, where do you get your morals Mm -hmm. from? Do you determine them? does the the crowd determine them the crowd doesn't know anything right. the, the 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 crowds the mob mob rule is not a good thing and it never has been and god's yeah. people have been directed by his word and by the way not tradition but his word and in fact this week at swat we are looking at a couple of passages where the tradition of the pharisees and the religious leaders trumped god's word it, it it really was more stringent in some ways in god's word and the reason they did that uh, was for protection but they aired there and we're going to talk about that this week at swat um and so uh as we get into mark 2 uh this week on the radio we're going to be looking at it basically two uh, stories that are, are part of the text. We're going to look at verses 12 through 22 of um, Mark chapter 2. And there's two things that, that we're going to read about. One is the calling of Levi or Matthew. And um, the second is a questioning of uh, Jesus about his disciples. Like, why don't they do this? And why aren't they fasting? And, and we see Jesus kind of respond to that. And so in these two uh, texts, these two passages, we're going to see God reveal, first of all, an unexpected invitation. Nobody saw that coming when he invited <laughs> Matthew, right? <clears throat> and the second thing is we're going to see an unanticipated celebration. Uh, there, there were people partying, and, and the, the Pharisees and religious leaders are going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why are these guys parting? Why are they not fasting like us? Because fasting was associated with mourning. And I I entitled that message last week, uh, I'm not the Messiah you're looking for, going back, hearkening to Star Wars. You know, when (laughs) Obi-Wan goes, these are not the droids you're looking for. These religious leaders had a uh, different view of what Messiah would be based on their tradition, based on their 
limited understanding and he blew that out of the water and they weren't ready for it. And I wonder if you're listening today, if maybe you have an expectation of what Jesus should be like based upon either faulty notions, your own upbringing, whatever. And, um, and maybe you miss him because you're looking for the wrong thing. And that's what happened with them. They were looking for the wrong thing. And when the right thing was there, they didn't see it right. for what it was. Right. And so we're in the gospel of Mark and, and, you know, Mark was written primarily to Christians in Rome and, um, Mark starts off with the beginning of the gospel. That word is euangelion of Jesus Christ. And, you know, euangelion was a very specific secular term that was only used when a new king was crowned, a new king was born, or a king won a great military victory. And so the writers of the New Testament, both the gospel writers and even Paul, used that term a lot to communicate that there is a new king who rules and reigns, and his name is Jesus. He was the Messiah. And um, as we kind of work through today's passage and this week's passage as we look at this, we want to set the stage a little bit um, because uh, last week on the air, we looked at the healing of the paralytic. And in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the healing of the paralytic, the calling of Matthew, and the questioning of Jesus about fasting all appear in the same order in all three Gospels. That's what our friend Tommy calls a road uh, sign or a landmark. That that when you see things like this, um, you, you see the religious leaders in all three cases questioning the credentials of Jesus as Messiah and then you see his response. So we have to ask the question, what is God wanting us to see? All right, what is he, by putting all three of these, you know, in the Marine Corps, Brad, the instructor would stomp the floor three times to say, this is on the test, you need to know mm-hmm. this. So God's stomping his foot saying, you need to pay attention here. Yeah. I'm trying to communicate <coughs> something. So when we come back, I'm going to have you read the text and we're going to start looking at this first idea of this unexpected invitation for Matthew. Amen. Stay tuned. Uh, Doug and I will be right back here on SWAT Radio. You can call us at 844-777-7928. We'll uh, take your calls after the break. News. I'm John Scott. President Biden has been meeting with top national security officials about the deadly attack on U.S. troops in the Middle East. White House correspondent Greg Clexton with that report. Among those meeting with the president in the White House Situation Room were National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines. The White House says they discussed the latest developments regarding the attack in Jordan that left three American troops dead. Over the weekend, the president said the U.S. will retaliate. Greg Clugston, the White House. Also at SRNews.com, an Israeli document spells out allegations about a dozen U.N. employees the country say took part in the Hamas October 7th assault. 
The document claims seven stormed into Israeli territory, including one who participated in a kidnapping and another who helped to steal a soldier's body. Attacks on ships in the Red Sea by Yemen's Houthi rebels have unraveled a key global trade route, forcing vessels into longer and more costly journeys around Africa. The problem isn't nearly as bad as the supply chain log jams that caused delays, shortages, and higher prices in 2021 and 22. But if the conflict in Gaza drags on, the trade disruption in the Red Sea could surge inflation. The disruption has forced car factories in Belgium and Berlin to idle. And a Maryland company that makes hospital supplies doesn't know when to expect parts from Asia. Correspondent Jeremy House. Alex Murdahl back in a South Carolina courtroom trying to prove that misconduct by a clerk persuaded a jury to find him guilty of murdering his wife and son. One juror questioned said comments by Collison County Clerk Becky Hill during the trial made it seem like Murdahl was already guilty. This is SRN News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-10 westbound at U.S. 17 Roosevelt Boulevard. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle in St. Johns County on I-95 northbound, little past County Road 210. Clear tonight, low 43, Tuesday sunny, high 67. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. You know, Doug, I don't want to move on before we at least um, uh, look at what's happened over to some of our military, some of our U.S. soldiers who were killed in an attack by an Iran-backed militia. Uh, just want to keep those families in prayer. And, uh, man, that's getting messy over there, isn't it? Yeah. It. You know, the thing is that it – it war it is messy anytime you go out in uniform to represent defending this country or defending freedom or and it's it's it, it we we take it for granted over here mm-hmm. a lot of times and um uh, there's been troops deployed for a long time 
and uh, we we just need to keep them in prayer. Yeah, amen. Pray for those. Uh, I know there's several SWAT guys that have relatives that are uh, over there right now uh, serving, uh, trying to help uh, in that capacity. So um, we need to keep them lifted up. So, Amen. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, it, you know, you just forget about it. I mean, so many people, like, you remember when you used to watch the news at night, every night at 6 o'clock or 530 and everybody would kind of sit around and just see what was going on in mm-hmm. the world. Now it's all individual. Everybody gets their own news on blogs or, right. or whatever. And it, it, you don't have that same, I think one of the last times we all kind of gathered was after nine yeah, 11. Exactly. It made everybody kind of yeah. come in and look at yeah. stuff, but yeah. uh, just keep, keep our service guys in prayer and our service guys and, and uh, soldiers and women in prayer over there. That's uh, it's tough. It's tough, uh, and you're just always, you know, you're at risk when you're over serving, especially in a different place like that over there. You just wonder how how much, how long can we go like this where we don't take action? Yeah, you know, yeah. Certainly not a military expert. Well, but. well, no, but it's it's it. I know people that something like this will probably evoke a response, or at least it should. We'll see, um, but. Uh, we do want to remember the the families and um, and and just continue and pray for our troops that are there. Um, you know, uh, Brad, as we were breaking to, or going to the break, we we talked about how you know I used a military analogy because uh, in the military they would, as they were instruct you, they would you know give you a three tap thing saying, "Hey, this is you want you want to pay attention here." And we talked about how in all three gospels. You just don't see that where you see the same three Mm -hmm. stories directly following one another because Matthew, Mark, and Luke all did not write in chronological order exactly. And, I, you know, sometimes people have a problem with the fact that the Gospels aren't exactly identical. When I was in the FBI, if you put a, a witness on the stand, if you put three witnesses, they told the exact same story the exact same way the automatic assumption is they collaborated exactly. with each other and you don't know who to believe mm-hmm. if they're true or not. Right. So th- it actually adds to the veracity of the scriptures that all three gospels have differences based upon the writer's personalities and, and the way they saw things from different perspectives or who they were communicating to. They were all written to different audiences, but with the same main theme that Jesus is Messiah. And so in the three gospel accounts, you see the healing of the paralytic, the calling of Levi, and you see, actually you see the, the, the leopard, the leopard right before. <clears throat> and right. so all of these together in exact order in all three is a landmark that God is trying to communicate to us something. And what is it? Well, in all three cases, the uh, Messiah was questioned by the religious leaders. They were questioning his credentials. And, uh, you know, just looking at what's going on, we see uh, leprosy as a representation of sin. A lot of times it was viewed as sin. We see a paralytic in representing 
somebody who can't do anything for themselves. And what we see is in Matthew, the calling of Matthew is he is a visible spiritual demonstration of what we saw physically in the leper and the paralytic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a spiritual yeah. application yeah. to that for all of us. Outcast. And, and then we see his response and we see Jesus respond to their kind of wanting to uh, just kind of naysay what happened and go, nah, this guy can't be the Messiah. If he was, he wouldn't have called that guy. So as we look at this text today and we kind of go into um, Mark chapter 2, 12 through 22, uh, I'm going to have you read it, but, um, you know, remember what he said to the leper your sins are forgiven what was their response hey how can this guy forgive sins he only god can do that so remember who's the main character in all three stories it's not the leper it's not the paralytic it's not levi and it's not the disciples it is messiah he is the main character and the Pharisees in each one of them are the they're the protagonist or antagonist, I'm yeah. sorry. They're the antagonist in all three. They are questioning who does he think he is? He's no way he's the Messiah. And so read the text, Mark two, twelve through twenty two, and we're just gonna start <clears throat> off getting into a little bit about what was going on. Yeah, beginning at verse twelve, which kind of picks up the end of that story previously and he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified god saying we never saw anything like this verse 13 he went out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them and as he passed by he saw levi the son of alphaeus uh, sitting at the tax booth and he said to him follow me and he rose and followed him and as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were, were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, mm-hmm. for there were many who followed him. Mm-hmm. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Verse 18, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed. And so are the skins. Mm. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. May God bless this reading of these very words of God. Um, You know, 
Brad, when you think about Levi, you've actually been to Capernaum mm-hmm. where Matthew would have been operating. And it's not a huge, big, it, although it was big for that time, it was a big city. Uh, you can see how in a city like that, Matthew would have encountered Jesus. He would have encountered the disciples, right? They would have interacted. If he right. was the, the tax guy sitting right. at the tax booth, they would have had to come pay him yeah. for the fish they caught, for the fish they sold. He, he was, and we'll talk a little bit, we got to go to break here, but we'll talk a little bit about the taxes. But I want to point out that in verse 13, Jesus, after the, the paralytic goes out, he, he goes out to teach, not in the house, but he gets out in the countryside and the crowd was coming to him. And what is he doing? He's still teaching. He was always teaching. It, it was not something that he just relegated to synagogue. Mm-hmm. He was teaching as he went, right. which reminds me of Deuteronomy 6. <laughs> I mean, you, you teach everywhere when you rise up, when you sit down, wherever you go, you're teaching. That's what our master did. That's what we should be thinking about always. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, we don't, do we? No, we don't. <clears throat> we, we live such compartmental lives, yeah. Doug. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that oftentimes. You and me both. Um, so um, anyway, I, when we come back from the break, we can pick up on that. And, uh, you know, it, it, th- there's a lot here to unpack that we're going to do this uh, today, tomorrow, and uh, Wednesday. So. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, uh, you're welcome to call us. Love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. Again, 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us your questions and comments to ask at swatradio.com stay tuned we'll be right back after the break this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week if you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about jesus through god's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Brunswick at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug and Brad here on this Monday afternoon. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call, 844-777-7928. You know, Doug, we're talking about Capernaum. 
Capernaum. And uh, I still have that visual image of kind of the courtyard there where probably, you know, Matthew has got his booth set up. I think it's really fascinating when you understand, you know, this isn't the IRS here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is uh, basically a franchise that uh, Matthew yes. would have purchased. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of an interesting idea. I think The Chosen does a great job. Uh, if you if you haven't watched the chosen, uh, I think it's really uh, a interesting uh, story when you see Matthew, yeah. and uh, yeah, I often wonder. You know, we know no one comes to the Father, but uh, unless he's called, <laughs> you wonder did 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 the Father say to Jesus, "Hey, there's a tax collector, <laughs> yeah, over here, he's mine. Go call him." Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about this whole Capernaum thing and how, and you know, from being over there, how compacted those areas were. And to think about the fact that Matthew, like I said, before the break was sitting at the tax booth, they would have encountered him probably at least on a weekly basis, maybe on a daily basis with some kind of special use tax. Um, and every time they saw him, there would have been disdain in their eyes. Mm. Every time they saw him, they would have thought traitor to the people. Every time they saw him, they thought, how could you? They knew he was Jewish. They knew he served the Romans. They knew he was about money. And by the way, what was his name you read? Matthew. Well, no, the name you read in Mark, Mark uses his uh, other name. Oh, uh, yeah, Levi. Levi. Yeah, sorry. Levi. Matthew, the same account Mm -hmm. in the gospel written by the guy this story is about is Matthew. But Levi is the name that Mark used. Levi, and, and, you know, we, we'll go over this again tomorrow, but Levi was the son of Leah. Leah was the wife of Jacob that basically, just to give people a a little recount, um, remember Jacob was the chosen son of Isaac. God chose Abraham. Then he had Isaac. And then he chose Jacob, who was still in the womb, did Mm -hmm. nothing to earn that choosing. God just said, yeah. I'm going to choose Jacob. He will be the one that will lead. The, the The older, Esau, will serve the younger. And so Jacob is ends up going back to find a wife among God's, Abraham's people, right? And so he ends up uh, going to, I, I think, was it his uncle's house? I, it was either, I think it was mm-hmm. his uncle. Uh, he goes to Laban's and he sees Rachel there and he really loves Rachel wants to marry her and Laban goes no you, that that's not the way it worked in our culture so he did a switcheroo on him I still don't understand how that worked <laughs> but I guess it was so dark there at night they just right. you know uh the way they did weddings then is you consummated the marriage and then had the week-long celebration right and um and so he ended up consummating with Leah but he wanted Rachel. And so Rachel's room was closed. 
Leah's womb was open. She gave him Reuben. Then she gave him Simeon. And then she had Levi. And Levi, the name means attached. And what she said is, now maybe Jacob will be attached to me because I've given him three sons, which was a huge thing in that culture to give your your husband's sons as a wife. And God says, I'm going to choose Levi, that name that means attached to be my people. They're going to be my tribe. I mean, the whole Israel is mine, right. but Levi will, I will mm. be their inheritance of all the names. He didn't choose Judah, which the tribe that Jesus right. came from, he chose Levi, the name that means attached. And there's significance in that. As, as, as we think about our own relationship with God, are we attached to him? Yeah. He said, you will not have an inheritance materially. I will be your inheritance. And so that's why it's so ironic that the person sitting in the tax booth was not attached to God. He was attached to money. (laughs) Money is what drove his life. You and I talked about this. uh, We talked about it at SWAT that do we have a problem with that in America? (laughs) The, the mighty dollar driving things, being driven by materialism. And like, are we atta- what are we attached hmm. to? Listen, if you are attached to anything over God as his child, yeah. you have the wrong attachment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's we, great. Yeah. We, that's we, good. We, we need to be attached to him, right? Yeah. I mean, Brad, you talked about it in your hmm. own life, your own journey how easy it is to get driven by business principles mm-hmm. to make. Well, what, what's driving you when you're in business? Like if you're right. driven for business, it, it, it's not because you just want a successful business. You hope that that will produce income that will be a provision for you, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I even think, because uh, it's not just provision to pay the bills. No. In many ways, it's an attachment to some sense of security safety mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean yeah. when 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 things are scarce you know be it financial or health it typically drives people to fear mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and uh, and that's a temptation uh yes i, I i'm certain that there's a uh, there isn't an amount of money where you don't need more <laughs> then it kind of <clears throat> then it goes to another level it's about prestige or it's about power. And that idea of attached, Levi meaning attached, is, uh, boy, that... Did you know that? No, I did not. That that really opens up my mind. I mean, I think of where uh, Scripture says, don't, don't get drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with a lot of the things the world has to offer. Don't get attached to the things that the world has to offer mm-hmm. because they are... Um, they will fail you. Yeah. And I just find it interesting that, that what he told the the tribe of Levi is I will be your inheritance. Everybody Mm. else he gave land. He says, I will be, you're not getting it. I will be your inheritance. In other words, I want you to represent what it means to be attached to me because you're not driven 
by land, like owning land. You're not driven by material goods. You are, you know, I, I will provide for you. And what did he tell all the other tribes? That they were the ones that he ultimately would use to provide for the Levites, right? Right. And so uh, I just find that interesting. And so Matthew uses his name Matthew when he writes the same story that we're going over in Mark. And the name Matthew means gift of God. Levi means attached. Matthew means gift of God. Well, if I was Matthew, I wouldn't use the name that I had as a tax collector either. I would probably, <laughs> because that name, people, who's the tax collector? Oh, that's Levi. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, now he's, and what's so amazing about this is it says when Jesus went out and the crowd was coming to them, he was teaching them. Do you know who wasn't coming to him at that time? Levi. He wasn't coming to Jesus. Jesus was teaching, and it says the crowd was coming. Doesn't say it says Levi was sitting at the tax booth doing what he did. And I I'm gonna throw this out as we I mean, we only have a few minutes left, so we will there's no way we will delve <laughs> into this. But this is probably one of the greatest examples in the scriptures of the sovereignty of God in choosing somebody to follow him. What was Matthew doing at that time to show that he was worthy material for Jesus? Yeah, not a thing. He was just sitting in the tax booth following Mm -hmm. his wayward ways, right? He He was all about the money. He was sitting there wanting people to do what they did, and Jesus doesn't say anything in any of those three accounts about Jesus saw the good in him, which is what a lot of people say. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, Jesus chose you because he knew you would choose him. That's baloney. Nobody's choosing Jesus on their own. That's not a good definition of foreknowledge. (laughs) No, that's not what it means because Scripture's clear. No man would choose him on his own. The only way, I love the way R.C. Sproul says that we are dead on the ocean floor. And what does he do? He breathes life into us and allows us to see that, oh, yeah, now, now I see the life preserver, Mm -hmm. Messiah, whereas before we couldn't see it. We were dead, Paul says, in our trespasses. That's a hard thing for people, though, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I you know, I think that's part of your testimony. It's part of mine. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I didn't choose God. He chose me. He opened my ears. Mm-hmm. He prepared my heart, gave me eyes to see, which, I mean, I think Tommy says uh, <clears throat> it's not about, uh, it's not about a free, it's not about free will. Mm-hmm. It's about a freed will. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. I like that. Your will has been freed. Yeah. To follow him. Yes. Uh, Because we're all, you know, the bottom line is we're either a slave to sin or we're a slave to Jesus. Uh, And those are the two options. You're you're a slave to him as Messiah Mm. King because he represents God. He is God. And 
if you're not a slave to him, then you're a slave to sin. Yeah. And if you're a slave to sin, who are you following? You're following Satan. Yeah. People do not like that, man. They don't like that analogy. They don't like that. But that's the reality. Yeah. That's the reality. You're either following God or you're following Satan. If, you, if you're in charge of your life, guess what? Following Satan. <laughs>